We're continuing our sermon series, Home for Christmas, today at the second Sunday of Advent. And this morning we're reading from the prophet Zephaniah, Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. But before I read that, I invite you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will. For all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Zephaniah chapter 3, beginning with verse 15. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you with his love. He will exult over you with a loud singing as on a day of a festival. I will remove disaster from you, so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame and gather the outcasts, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. And at that time, I will bring you home, and at the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, when I restore your fortunes before the eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this past week, our extended family had a new addition. Julianne's sister gave birth to a little baby girl. She stayed in the hospital for a couple of days, but we were really anxious for her to get home because we wanted to see how her older brother reacted to the new baby. Big brother is only two years old and has been actually pretty used to being the center of attention, so we kind of wondered how big brother would handle little sister when she got home. A little bit worried about maybe he might not like her too much, maybe be getting a little worried when she cried, or maybe not be too happy about the fact that he was not the center of attention anymore. But this little guy has such a good heart. When the baby came in the room, he just said, Oh, it's a baby, just like that. And he walked over and examined her fingers and very gently touched her nose. And he even gave her a little, little tiny hug, very gently. We realized, oh, she's going to be loved by her big brother. They sent us pictures of this little, baby, this little baby right there with her big brother, as well as with grandma and grandpa, and even a couple of pictures where the dogs were standing guard in front of the new baby girl. It was very clear that she was home where she belonged, and she was going to have a very safe and a loving and a happy home. Homecoming. That's always been a part of the story of Christmas, coming home. 
Not just about a baby coming home. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, as you know. But it's about homecoming for all of us. The story of Christmas is about the opportunity to come home. And in fact, when you watch some of these Christmas movies that you've probably been watching over the past couple of weeks, that's a part of the story of people coming back to their home. One of my favorite parts of It's a Wonderful Life is that first scene where they're all in that coming home to that party. And, and George Bailey says it's old home week. You might remember that part coming home. That's what Christmas is about. And it's about that for a lot of us, especially in typical years when we are, would be expecting our college students to come home now from school. Or maybe some of us would be packing up our bags and, and traveling back home to the, the homes where we grew up, where sleeping in the same beds where we were waiting for Santa Claus to come many years ago. Homecoming. That's what Christmas is partially about. Coming back home to that place where we belong. And, and even for those people who didn't have happy homes like I did, there's still a, a sense in which we want to find that place where we belong. That, that spiritual home that God talks about and the Bible talks about all throughout Scripture. That spiritual home where we, we know we're loved, we know we're cared for, where we know we belong, we know who God is and that we belong to this God who loves us and promises never to let us go. That's what we hear about in these few verses from the prophet Zephaniah this morning. Now, I'm willing to admit not too many of us have read the prophet Zephaniah, certainly not recently. I don't preach from the prophet Zephaniah very often. But in these few verses right here at the end, we hear that God promises to bring the people home. But that's not how Zephaniah begins. Zephaniah is just a, a short wee book, a, just three chapters. You could probably read it in 15 minutes when you get home this afternoon, just to read those three chapters. And the first two and a half chapters are a lot more like what we think about when we think of the prophets. They're words of doom and gloom, words of judgment, words where God has, is wrathful and angry with God's people because they have abandoned God. They have abandoned what God wanted them to do, and so they've been spread out all across the world in the exile, so far away from home, lost and far away. That's what the first two and a half chapters of, of Zephaniah are all about. It almost seems like a whole different book than the little part that we read. A, a story of the people of God who have been abandoned and sent out, maybe even feeling forsaken because they have not done what God wanted them to do. And so now they're feeling the wrath and the pain and the judgment that comes when we're set out into the world on our own, so far away from home. And maybe many of us have, have felt in a similar way, just like those Jews during the exile that Zephaniah is talking about, especially during this year of 2020 when we can't go back home the way we want to. We can't all be here in our sanctuary the way we want to. But I dare say it's not just because of the pandemic that we might feel that way sometimes, that our spirit might be so far lost away from home. It's not just 2020 and, and all that we've been through this year, but that's a spiritual condition that we all go through from time to time. I remember at my last church, I led a, 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 a grief group for a group of people who had, had lost loved ones in the past year. And I'll never forget a woman named Mary that I worked with there. She was telling us about her husband who she lost. And she talked, of course, about how much she missed him, how much she missed his laughter, how much she missed his sense of humor, how much she just missed his presence and all the, the fun things they did together. But it was even more than that. She said, I just feel restless and lost when he's not there in the bed laying beside me. 
I feel lost when I'm sitting at the dinner table by myself. I feel lost when I'm sitting in the pew and he's, he's not right there with me. I just feel almost like I didn't just lose him, but I lost my home. I feel lost and alone without him. I've lost more than just my husband. I've lost the place that I call home. Maybe you can think of other examples of that in the world around us today. With all the disruption and the unrest that we've experienced over the past few months, maybe you can, experience, you can think of examples of that. A daughter is struggling with her parents because she's struggling with her identity or she's struggling with her political ideals and they clearly disagree about morals and values now and she wants more than anything to, to go home for the holidays but that disagreement has turned into anger and distrust and now she just doesn't feel safe to go home. She doesn't have a place to call home anymore. Or maybe a friend of yours has betrayed his family, betrayed his friends, betrayed that trust, and he's tried again and again to apologize to, for what he did that was so wrong, but sometimes you just can't go back when you've made a mistake. And now all those friends and all of those families that made him feel at home, now he just doesn't feel like he belongs there anymore. And he's lost that place that he calls home. Or maybe in a very concrete way, a, a woman has recently lost her job and she is caring for two children all by herself. And by losing that job, she now can't afford to pay for her rent. And so they had to pack up their car and they're now living in a very real way, homeless, in a station wagon, trying to find a place to live, not just to find another job, but a place that they can call home. And so they feel lost and alone. That sense of, of loneliness, that sense of unrest, that sense of being away from the place where we belong, where we know we're loved and we know we're cared for, we know we belong. Maybe you've felt that way, and I know there are people all around us in the world who feel that way in this very moment right now. And that's what Zephaniah talks about in those first couple of chapters, those first two and a half chapters that we didn't read this morning. A world full of unrest, a world full of lonely, lost people who are so far away from home. But thank goodness Zephaniah doesn't end there. Because even though we know that God has judgment and God wants us to be faithful, that God calls that us to be faithful every single day, what we also know is that God's, the true nature of God is not just found in God's judgment, but it's also found in God's mercy and in God's love. And if we want to know about God, we discover God not just when we're lost out there in the world, but we discover God's mercy and love more than anything when we are found, like a shepherd who goes out there into the world to find that lost sheep. That's what our faith is about more than anything else, and that's what Christmas time is about, that shepherd coming to find those who are lost. I don't know, maybe you've had family members who have been lost before. I think I told you this story about a cousin of mine who was lost one time. We were having a big family reunion down at Polly's Island, South Carolina, and this was the big family, family from all over the southeast. We had rented several houses up and down the beach, and we had, me and my brother and some other cousins were out playing in the sand, and one of my other cousins, Eli, was staying a few houses up, and he wanted to come out and find us, and so his mother just said, go out on the beach and walk down the beach, and you'll find them out there playing but before he got there to us we went inside to have lunch and so Eli just kept walking down the beach 
And about an hour went by, and his mother called our mother and said, how's Eli doing? And she said, Eli never made it to our house. And so she immediately called the police, wondering where Eli was. And hours went by. We had the police coming over to our house, getting a description of Eli. Where could he be and what did he look like so that we could try to find him? And you could see the look in the police officer's eyes that too many times the story doesn't end well. But after several hours, when dusk was approaching, finally a car drove up to our house and Eli jumped out of the car. And a very nice man, in fact, a minister of a church, had found him and and dropped him off at our house. And of course, we went and surrounded him and loved him and rejoiced with him. And we asked him, why did you go and, and ask this man for help? How did you know he was a minister? And he said, I didn't know he was a minister. He was just the last person on the beach. And so he brought me home. Well, we called the police and told them that Eli was found and we thought that would be it. Case closed. But you would not believe it. All of those police who had been working all throughout the day came over to our house to see Eli face to face. Even those whose shift had ended, they came over because they wanted to see this child and they wanted to see this happy ending. They wanted to rejoice with us because too many times those stories don't end well. So they came one by one and rejoiced with our family because Eli was home where he belonged. That's the kind of God that Zephaniah tells us in the passage that we just read. That's the kind of God that Zephaniah reveals to us, and that's the kind of God that Christmas reveals to us. A God who comes out searching for us. A God who intends to show us mercy and love by bringing us back home where we belong. I don't know about you, but I truly believe that every single person in their heart has this longing, this sense to try to find that place, whether it's a physical home or a spiritual home, surrounded by those people who love us and accept us for who we are and care for us just as we are. And we miss that place when we're not there. And as Barbara Brown Taylor says, we have this sense that that place misses us. This is what she says. She says, we sense that that place misses us too. And because we cannot find our way there, that place comes to us. And it turns out not to be a place at all. It turns out to be a person. Emmanuel, the one who came to be with us forever. Jesus Christ comes like that good shepherd trying to find that lost sheep that's so far away from home to bring that sheep right back where it belongs. That's what we hope for this Christmas and every Christmas that God is out there searching for us to bring us back where we belong. And our calling as a church is to point to that God, to remind people who are feeling lost and afraid and alone and feeling that unrest that that God is on His way. One of my favorite little illustrations that uh, Anne Lamott tells in her story, Traveling Mercy, she tells this little illustration of a, of a little girl who is lost in her own hometown. She somehow couldn't find her way back home. A police officer comes and finds her and picks her up, and so they decide to drive around their town to try to figure out where she lives. She couldn't remember her address or her phone number or anything, and so finally they're driving around, and the little girl yells, Stop! And they look out the window And the police officer sees a church. And the little girl says, that's my church. 
I know I can find my way home from here. That's what the church is called to be. It's called to be a road sign, a place, a road map so that people can find their way back home to the people that God calls us to be, to the God who loves us and has mercy on us and promises never let us go. We're called to be that road sign to point other people to Jesus Christ, this good shepherd who is searching for us and promises to never forsake us. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by making people feel at home, especially those people who are despised and rejected. We invite them to come and sit around a table for, with us, and we promise that there's a place set for them right there at that table. We promise that even though you might be rejected everywhere else, here Jesus Christ welcomes you with open arms. And those people who are hurting and don't have their basic needs, we try to help provide those needs for them so that they know through physical ways, through food and and shelter and things that every person needs, they know they're not alone. That they have a place in this world where they are loved and where they belong. Christmas is about homecoming. It's about a place where we call home, that home finding us right where we are, but promising not to leave us where we are found. And so this Christmas, my prayer for all of us is it'll be old home week once again. That we'll have a chance once again to let the people in the world who are around us feeling so lost and separated and alone that Jesus Christ is on His way. The Good Shepherd is on His way. And God promises us this day and every day to bring us back where we belong. To the glory of God. Amen.